everyone. My name is Catherine Borley, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today for another episode of the Injury Prevention Academy, a podcast brought to you by Dorn Companies, the country's leading wellness-based pain management and injury prevention company. Dorn is committed to reducing costs of healthcare and workers' compensation, as well as reducing lost productivity, which has resulted in over $120 million in savings over the last 20 years for our clients. Joining us today is Cheryl Roy. Cheryl has been a medical massage therapist for over 18 years and has been with Dorn as a leading injury prevention specialist for the last two years. Her career in wellness and injury prevention has spanned many specialties. She's worked with breast cancer patients, post-surgery, um, post-surgical injuries, TMJ sufferers to CrossFit Games competitors, Olympic athletes, competitive cyclists, um, anything in between, and most currently, the industrial athlete. Her motto is to always encourage improved performance and overall wellness, no matter what the activity. So thank, thank you and welcome to Cheryl. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's, it's so great for you to be um, a, a part of Dorn because I know that with, with your experience, you've really been able to bring a lot of insight into the different fields that, that you've been able to cover. I have, yeah. This has yes. been a, a wonderful site that I work at with Dorn um, in Colorado where I work with a lot of welders. So it's been an interesting experience to learn A, about the land of welding and B, just to see how different people get affected uh, in their day-to-day -day work. Yeah, and, and, and regardless of the field, pains and strains are pretty much that overarching common issue for, for anyone using their body to complete their job tasks. So what is the most frequent strain that you've seen with that current site, with those welders, and, 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 how, and how has that changed from, from previously like an office setting? Honestly, um, between office setting and then more industrial type scenarios, they actually coincide pretty well. Um, office sitting people, again, whether they're standing or sitting in front of a computer or using some sort of smartphone or smart technology, there's a lot of leaning forward of their head. Uh, so you're going to have inevitably neck issues, shoulder issues. Eventually, that can go down into upper back. Some people will get it so bad that you'll start to see jaw problems just because of the way that their head is pitching. Um, when it comes to the in, land of industrial athletes, how finite is their work? A lot of my welders are leaning forward and doing very small, specific welding. So they're very hunched forward to get a good eye of what they're doing. On the larger pieces that they're working on, it's, it's machinery that's two tons, uh, strange angles. They're up and twisting their bodies in precarious ways to weld that piece that they're trying to get to. Not everything's a square box. Uh, they have a lot of flow meters, which is curving devices. And again, when something's two tons, A, it's really tall, B, it's hard to get at, and C, you really have to wiggle your way in there. So neck issues, which always go into low back, are always a problem. Most people are dominant one side. Very few people are ambidextrous. So whichever your dominant arm is, I will start to see wrist pain, hand pain, shoulder pain in that side. And again, I don't want to say there's there's not really a big difference between the industrial world and your office workers because they're all facing the same challenge of kind of leaning forward and getting into positions that aren't always conducive to a, a healthy standard and how they maintain their, their stature all day long. Right. And even with 
with um, employees in the office and in those more industrial settings, I think the upper body strains are, are typically mostly seen because because people for for the majority of the time are either sitting down doing their work or they're not putting an enormous amount of strain on, say, their legs. To a degree, um, some people, I'll see a lot of people who are having hip issues who are sitting all day long. A lot of the times, and I've done videos on this, they have a big wallet or multiple cell phones in their back pocket. And then the minute you sit down and for long periods of time, your hips suddenly do this a little bit because you're taking up the space of that wallet, which then creates a chain reaction either up the leg or up the back or down the leg, depending on kind of what the nuances of how they're sitting. So correct posture goes a long way, no matter what industry you're in, you want to be sitting as best you can to prevent the injuries to exceed anywhere else on your body. Yeah. And is that something that, that kind of remains kind of an overarching, um, an overarching kind of focus um, for, for, for people, or have you noticed a spike in injuries, say the last couple of years as people have, I think kind of had the stress affect the, the, the focus of their work. So being post-pandemic or in para-pandemic, if you will, for right, still right. kind of kicking it around, lots of people got laid off. Lots of people had to get creative in how they were going to, you know, make ends meet and have a lifestyle. With that, I think the people who were maintained became overtime workers needing to do mandatory overtime and that kind of a thing. So now the workers who weren't laid off are expected to work longer hours, produce more. Yeah, inevitably, you're going to have more injuries in that regard. People who got laid off and were looking for other creative ways to do new jobs might be taking on jobs that really wasn't in their wheelhouse ahead of time or prior to. And so it's a whole new set of problems they could be running into. It's a brand new job for them. So I think a lot of things have spiked. A, the anxiety and the stress of just being in a pandemic environment that creates havoc on all realms in the in the world of your health, not just, I mean, not just injuries, it's mental, it's physical, it's all of it. So yes, that alone, I think we've seen a lot of increases. Um, how many hours you're sitting and then the computer world that we live in, it's, it's not everyone's out there hunting and gathering anymore. Everyone's got some sort of computer device in their hand and they're inevitably leaning forward and, and staring at it and they're in bed and they're watching it. And eye strain becomes a problem if you're staring at your phone or your iPad until all hours of the night. It's our digital world. Not everyone's getting a break away from their computer screens and that causes a whole other problem in and of itself. So yes, things are pandemic or not, things have been increasing, I think, exponentially over the last few years. Right, and and do you find that because we have uh, so much of that technology at our fingertips in our personal life, that those kind of inherent strains uh, carry over into the workplace? Sure. Um, if you decide to have bad posture, not decide, but if you do, if you have bad posture, yeah. you're not going out of your way to fix it because now you can lay down with your computer on your chest as you're doing your Zoom meeting or whatever uh, to get through the day. And that, that angle of how you're holding your head and staring at your computer starts to cause a whole bunch of problems in your neck. Once you finally turn that off and go to bed, now you're kind of having neck issues. So it all feeds, it's like a, a positive feedback circle. Everything feeds into another thing. And I think it's wonderful to have the technology that we have, but it's also, it's, it's causing its own problems in and of itself. Well, and, and just history wise, I think that's, that 
that's pretty common, you know, as soon as, you know, you think of a new technological advancement for something, there's going to be those issues that, that come along with it, whether it is fixing the technological part that you've just implemented, mm -hmm. or it's just the, the, the results of of that tech in the workplace you know whether it is a cell phone or whether it's an assembly line it's going to have different um different benefits but it's also going to have different challenges it's a give and take so yeah you know. yeah now for for that pain management that i think a lot of a lot of workers just across the u.s um really face or are really trying to kind of help. Um, I know that Dorn's deep tissue ergonomic therapy programs have really alleviated uh, pains for our different clients. You know, we saw an 83% reduction in, in pains in just 2021 alone. Um, but what are the what are the other benefits that employees can can have once they get into true pain management? Um, I feel outside of the obvious where whatever is hurting them is being treated at, on a manual level, morale, which is huge. Um, nobody likes to work while they're in pain. And to work for an employer who is concerned enough about their employees' health to want to be proactive and preventative that whatever little injury they may have does not increase into something more detrimental or becomes a workman's comp case, they, they want to be there to help them learn better movements when they're doing their job, uh, how to do a little more self-care so you can take a break during the day and just manual things that you can do for yourself to basically reset and then go back to your job. I feel fatigue and injuries happen at the latter part of the day, especially if it's the same repetitive motion that you're constantly doing day in and day out. I have that problem as well. As a day carries on after a lot of clients, my body mechanics may not be as spot on as they should be. And that's just because you're tired and fatigued and kind of want to get to the end of things. But having the tools to know how to reset or having the tools to know that you've got a person that you can see on site who's going to help you get through some of that pain, huge morale increase. I know a lot of the uh, employees that I see where I work, just their gratitude and appreciation that, again, their employer cares more than just the bottom line of whatever their return is on their, their production their employees are doing it in a safe and a safe way that gives them the autonomy to take hold of their own experience. They can learn to be more cognitive of how they move. We're not telling anybody how to do their job. We're simply giving them tools to maybe move a little bit better in your workstation so that you're not running into problems with repetitive strain or injury. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I, I think that's what, what you come across. I think when you first get into working with a group of employees who might not be kind of well versed in in the benefits of pain management uh, you get a little bit of pushback i'm sure of just hey i've always done it like this right that's that that's a fine line uh the place that i work there are employees who have been there for 20 and 30 years we'll, we'll mm -hmm. call them legends of their industry and I have one specific employee in particular when I was first coming around trying to help out a little bit with uh, just ergonomics and, and, and coaching with them with movement. He pulled me aside and he said, crocodile wrestlers know what they're getting into. They understand what the, the detriments and the dangers are of their job. Don't tell me my job, which I thought oh, was no. funny. 
I would never tell you how to do your job. I am not well-versed in welding. Honestly, the most that I really know about it is watching flash dance, which doesn't do me any good in this environment. <laughs> However, the more uh, this gentleman actually saw me walking around, he did pull me to the side one day and he went, hey, this one machine that I'm welding in, the way the seat is, this is how I'm sitting and I'm having lumbar pain. So a lot of it is not breaking them down, but it's it's no knowing that, um, that door employees are there to benefit them and help them out and be a little bit of a voice. I know a lot of employees don't want to complain because they're worried that the bottom line of productivity is what their goal is at the end of the day. And if they're a squeaky wheel, maybe hours will get taken away. So my position is multifaceted that I get to be a liaison and a voice for a lot of the employees where I don't call out their names, but I do write reports saying, hey, there have been some employees who've had some issues on this one machine due to the dynamic of how the chair is sitting, they're having lumbar pain. This way you're able to express to upper management issues that they're having. It keeps the privacy of the employee there. And my crocodile wrestler actually really appreciated the fact that that was looked into without calling him out specifically. So yeah. It's, it's got, a, again, a very multifaceted approach for us being there. We're an advocate for the employees. We're an advocate for the employers. We're trying to help everyone's bottom lines be where they need to be and, and the safest way possible. Yeah, and I think being able to work one-on-one -on -one with, with, with employees is, is so crucial because, you know, everyone's different. Everyone has a different set of skill sets they, that they need in order to complete a job task, even if it is the same job task. You know, they, they sometimes do it a little bit differently than the person next to them. So you can, you can really tailor how they can move and maybe even their different learning styles into kind of the same, the same way of doing things. Um, yeah, so, yeah. so how, I know that so many workers myself included, uh, we're, we're all remote, right? We're, we're not in a traditional office setting. So, so how, can, um, how can someone provide pain management through say virtual means? We do have programs where we can do uh, virtual self-care with people who are working from home. Um, it's definitely a nice add-on I feel because it also, it, it provides the inclusivity that you are still part of this company, even though you're working from home and maybe in your pajamas, you aren't forgotten about because you can have equally as many repetitive strain motions from mousing and sitting at a computer and not being set up ergonomically correctly but from how you sit to where your computer screen is at. Are you looking at it at the right angle? So we do have programs where we can do a virtual uh, coaching and monitoring, virtual self-care, uh, typical items that you have laying around that we can help you use as tools to work out forearms, work out your neck. I think having that there doesn't make people who are remote workers feel like they're no longer part of the company, they're just the people who happen to not be showing up to work every day. Having a program like this brings the community back together again. It's not just the guys on the floor. It's not just the guys in the office or girls for that matter. It's not just the people at home, it's everybody. And so the Dorn program is able to encompass every single part of what your corporation happens to have, no matter what the, no matter where your employees hanging out. So we can access okay. everyone. Right, and, and just, I think um, overall with virtual programs that, you know, Make, make technology work for you, make technology work for your company, because it's working by having employees work from home, you know, we're, we're starting to really realize that a lot of workers actually prefer that, 
because mm -hmm. they can they can just immediately start working it's not the stress of the commute it's not the it's not the stress of going into a different environment it's just working uh, within one central location and right. i think having those different avenues uh for you know creating that team uh but also for uh creating kind of help for those individual employees are going to be so crucial I agree. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, I know that that was one of the big questions that we had at the safety trade show in Chicago back in early June. You know, both of us went there. We were both at the booth and mm -hmm. so many people would come up and ask, you know, how can obviously we provide pain management um, for those in person and virtual um, kind of office settings, uh, but also how can we ad address those root causes of, of strains? So how how have you seen like the different conditioning and ergonomic programs really benefit? So a lot of uh, sites that we go to have first, second, third shifts. Some sites are twenty four hour facilities; they're they're always going. Uh, I'll keep referring to my site since that's what I've got the most experience yes. with. Um, they have a first and second shift and they make sure that at each shift at the beginning of it and then their lunch or dinner, depending on when the time falls, they have two 15 minute sessions where each department is gotten, they all get together and do various pre-work conditioning, stretching exercises to help kind of get them ready for their job. Now, are there people there who just kind of go through the motions and roll their eyes? Sure. Are there people there who actually take it very seriously because it does, they do see the benefit of it? Yes. Uh, one of the things that I like to say is when you see Michael Phelps getting ready to go do his Olympic swim, you don't see him just walk up and dive in. The camera pans out and you see him doing like butterfly motions with his arms. And he, there's no resistance of the water. It's just him going through the motion. That's kind of a lot like what we're trying to demonstrate. So if someone is working, uh, shipping and receiving and they're lifting a lot of boxes, getting them in there and doing just air squats, making sure the squat is proper. It doesn't have to be all the way deep where you're 90 degrees, but just getting the body into the motion of, what it's prepared to do for the next, you know, eight to 10 hours, whatever your shift is, it's a good precursor. It's a good warm up. Uh, that's a lot of what we like to do is get your body ready. It's an industrial athlete. It's just like an Olympic athlete. You don't go into anything cold. Your best bet is to warm up to prevent injury. So your body gets familiar with what's going on. In those times, we can help uh, teach people proper technique, uh, proper dynamic, proper, like with a squat, make sure you're not going past 90 degrees, your knee over your toe, and just kind of tweak those little nuances so that these people are able to find integrative movement in a more instinctual way as they're working throughout the day. Yeah, and and, and I think what you said for, you know, that, that the Michael Phelps example, where he's actually doing those movements that he's already going to be doing in just a couple of minutes that's i think going to be so much better than what i kind of remember the typical like gym stretches you know the yeah. the, the little like small arm circles or you know specific movements if it's not going to be directly what you're going to be doing you're not actually warming your body up necessarily for what you're about to do it may it makes sense yeah if you want to warm up what's going to be moving so it's just it makes sense to it's just to do it that way just do it correctly so mm -hmm. um and 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 you did say that there um that sometimes when you're doing those those groups of trainings uh with 
with employees, you're getting the kind of a, a different set of buy-ins from different employees, just yes. based on where they've been, you know, their experience, but also just different personalities and work styles. Uh, does does that change generationally? You know, it can. Um, I feel like it's that that that's no longer a Dorn thing. It's a personality thing. How good are you at reading people? How good are you at communicating? How well are you able to tell someone, hey, maybe this movement will be a little more conducive to uh, minimizing some of your lumbar pain versus, hey, Joe, you're doing your job wrong. Nobody wants to hear that. So I think it's reading your audience and knowing who they are. So some people don't want to be uh, called out in a group setting when we're doing a bunch of uh, self-care to begin with. And so I'll find them later on on the floor and maybe so they don't feel like they're being picked on and like, hey, maybe when you're doing a squat, take a little bit wider of a stance and pitch your toes out a little bit, just whatever little bit that they might need. Um, again, my crocodile wrestler, he was very anti getting any help from me whatsoever. And just out of repetition of seeing me out of word of mouth from other employees who have felt the benefit of what we do uh, at this company, he came around. Not everyone's going to be that way. And that's fine. But having the presence there, having us be seen and knowing that there's been really good results doesn't hurt. So I've gotten a lot of new clients that way just because they've seen me walking around and I've had their fellow employees like at the water cooler talking about how much better their back feels, how much better range their neck suddenly has. You know, it's, it's here's this one little stretch she showed me how to do when I'm getting off, you know, machine X kind of a thing. So word of mouth goes a long way. I mean, look at Yelp. That's how <laughs> you get your good restaurant reviews. So Right. Well, it's a, um, I, I always, I always think of it as more like a ripple effect, right? Yeah. One person feels good. They're going to want to make sure that the person next to them, um, has those exact same tools in order to do it. Because if you're hearing someone complain about the same, the same, you know, issues that, that you were having and you know, a way to fix it, you're going to want to help. Absolutely. And again, a lot of, I think with the older, not older generation, but people who've been there for a long time, everyone's different. There are people who've had injuries, accidents, hardware put into their body. Some people who just have chronic pain, arthritis, there are things that we can't fix. And that's expected because that's not in our scope of practice. However, can we give you a little bit of relief to help you reset for your second part of the day? Yes. And that can be a huge thing right there. So that's also, I mean, I, I never want people to think that we're the curative measure for everything that's happening in their company. There's things that we can't always fix. However, we can make a little better, so. Yeah, and I think um, kind of going to what you said in terms of, you know, we can't fix, you know, everything, you know, it's, it's making sure that the employees have the tools to work with what's there. You know, mm -hmm. we're not, you know, unless, unless a company wants it, it's not going to be re-engineering their machinery that that that's a whole other conversation that's not happening yeah. <laughs> well you know for 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 actual like pain management that, that mm -hmm. that's that's not going to be the first the first kind of path forward it's actually giving them the tools to work with the machinery that's there to work with with what is needed so you know it can either be a large piece of machinery or it can be you know for other sites it's a it's a microscope mm -hmm. what can you do to work with with that Right. How you sit in your chair. It's, it's, it's a whole bunch yeah. of little things. So. Right. And I know that 
you know, and, and, and we've touched upon it several times of how much that communication can be so vital as you're kind of understanding how employees work, but also maybe how uh, the pain is having an effect on, on their body. So, so how do companies bridge that communication um, and, and make that a priority for their wellness and safety cultures? Um, we do a lot with general feedback and surveys that I think help demonstrate what our value is to a company. Um, what's, what's hard to predict is, again, injuries and the severity of that injury, you never know what it's actually going to be at the end of the day and what that cost is going to be. We have proven means that have on the front end been able to, again, mitigate a lot of the potential for, for bigger injury problems. So I think that alone is something that should be considered, especially when you're doing your budgets for the following year. How could you not want to invest in something like this? It's preventative for your employees. Um, Again, I think it's like it's a multifaceted approach. It's education for your employees and your employer. It's prevention. It's overall increase in morale. I feel it gives autonomy to those workers to take their own health into their own hands. So if they are doing different movements and they're taught better ways to move, they're improving their productivity, which inevitably helps the entire company of what's going on. So having safety in your own hands and giving them the tools to do that not every company does, but I think it, it stands to, to show that it, it should be something that's there. Um, everybody wants the big return at the end of the day and make the most cogs and have the biggest sales and produce the most, you know, whatever it is. But the meat and potatoes of that are the employees that you have working these machines. You don't want to run them so thin that they're getting hurt and you're constantly having a lot of turnover. So I think the investment in Preventative maintenance upfront is always the better way to go. And I mean, you're doing yourself a disservice by not having that on board. Well, and you know, with with every single company, it comes down to return on investment, right? You, you want to make sure that 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 you're 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 spending your budget wisely year to year to year, uh, but also having having that plan moving forward as to these are the issues that we're seeing, you know, in, in pain management um, and, and injury prevention, you know, terms, it's definitely how do we keep these soft tissue uh, strains from occurring? Um, even down to how do we keep slips, trips, and falls down? Because that's going to be uh, something that is one of those ripple effects because employees are feeling good, they're not as fatigued at the end of the day. They're not going to be, they're, they're, they're going to be a little bit more aware as to the, the, the environment around them to do those jobs. So I think that's what kind of makes that so important as you're looking at a budget. Well, I think if you're making the investment into an employee safety gear, goggles, ear protection, helmets, you know, welding, shields, steel-toed shoes, having the knowledge to move properly within your workstation should be budgeted in there just as, as well as everything else. Those are all the tools that help your employee be safe and successful. Having a Dorn type environment in there where they're talking about coaching or hands-on therapy or any kind of ergonomic assessment should be considered part of just your, your school supplies before you start the year, so to speak. These are the things you should have in your backpack, so. 
Right. No, that's great. And I think, um, and I think as, as we're hopefully coming out of this pandemic, you know, the, the para pandemic, yeah. right. Um, I, I think that's, what's, what's kind of thrown this whole kind of program and this whole kind of way of thinking into, into the spotlight because so many people before were in the mindset of, I'm just not going to complain about it. Right. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. But if yeah. they, if, if, if they realize how much that communication and how much that knowledge um, of how they can keep those pains from occurring um, is, is going to help them in the long run. I think that's how companies are going to grow their safety and wellness programs. So even with the younger generation, I know I've picked on the older generation a lot, but even with younger generations coming in who are doing a lot of manual labor and lifting and whatever it might be, a lot of them might have, well, it doesn't hurt that bad. Therefore, I'll just kind of muscle through it. That you can't have that mentality as you get older because your body isn't going to respond the same way. It would do you a world of good to learn in the beginning how to move functionally and intuitively in your position so that you never have to worry about it later on. So generationally, it should be something they have all the way around because it's all encompassing. And it just kind of affects you at different points depending where you're at in your life. And that's just what it is. So you got a pool, teach them all to swim. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and it's going to help companies keep those skilled employees turnover is such an issue right now oh and, yeah you know not not that it's ever not been an issue you know turnover i think is kind of a natural part of of a company's infrastructure is is you know you're constantly getting employees in and out however on the whole turnover is really just skyrocketing lately. So I think when when you have those kind of robust programs, you're going to keep those skilled employees because the employees feel like they're being valued. They feel like the company is truly invested in what they're doing. Everyone likes to feel cared for and not just a number in the system. So I, yeah, 100% agree with that. Yeah. Um, well, Thank you, Cheryl, so much for, for joining the podcast. This has been really, Happy really great. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, and, and, and thank you all for tuning in for another episode of the Injury Prevention Academy. Uh, tune in next time to learn more about the different programs um, and, and thoughts going into the future of safety and wellness.